Do you struggle with feelings of low self-worth? You hear people talk about the importance of loving yourself and having self-esteem, but what if you don't feel very good about yourself? Or maybe you just feel less than or like you don't fit in. You're not good enough or inadequate in some way, and it's hard to really love who you are because of your shortcomings or how you look or whatever else might be sensitive for you. If you're a man who's struggling with pornography, maybe it's really hard to feel good about yourself because of the pattern that you've been stuck in. You know that it negatively affects you and the people who are close to you, but if you haven't been able to break free yet, lots of men don't feel good about themselves in that place. If you find yourself relating to any of this, I have a soft spot for you because I've felt this way as well. And I've also felt the freedom that comes from actually being able to anchor into my worth and feel good about who I am. And so in today's episode, I want to share with you the most helpful thing that took me from feeling discouraged and not feeling good about who I was to now actually being able to feel and experience my worth, to feel confident, to feel good enough, to feel worthy. And this is something that you can do too. And I want to share these tips with you in hopes that they really help you in your situation too. My name is Sam Tielemans and I'm a licensed therapist and I specialize in helping couples and individuals overcome the impact of pornography and restore their self-worth, restore their relationships and the trust so you can move forward with closure knowing that this doesn't have to follow you around anymore. I want to start off today by sharing my own story, my own experience with this because I, I know how much this can hurt to have these beliefs of not being enough and not loving yourself and not feeling confident. I remember when I was a teenager, I had this kind of low grade feeling of depression and I didn't really know why. Things were fine. I grew up in a great household. I didn't have any big T traumas in my background. I had a group of friends. I did well in school. Like I, I felt like life was fine. However, I felt this, this underlying sense of being bad or feeling unworthy. And I didn't really have the words at the time to describe it like that. The way that I just thought to myself was I just feel kind of depressed. And so that kind of stuck with me for a, a while from middle of my teenage years all the way till my late 20s. And so the times that I reflected on, when did I feel the worst? And so often it was a result of me making mistakes. I felt like when I made a mistake, when I had a, judge, a judgmental thought about somebody or I was unkind or selfish or if I, if I just fell short from my standards, from the values that I had for myself, I got the sense of not being good. I, like the belief that I felt, the feeling that I got was I, I feel bad, like I'm bad. I'm, there's something wrong with me. I'm not good enough. I'm unworthy. That was the, that was now how I can look back and describe it. But at the time I just felt kind of depressed. And so it wasn't until my late 20s when I was in grad school that I figured out what was actually going on. Because I thought that I was just feeling guilt, right? Because I, I grew up in a religious household and I'm still religious and I'm, it's, it's such an important pillar in my life. <clears throat> and so when I was growing up in, this, in, in, in my house, whenever I fell short of living the commandments or aligning myself with God's will or you know, just, just falling short, my human, my, my, my inadequacies, my flaws as a human being. Whenever something like that surfaced, I would feel what I thought was guilt. And then I would, you know, pray and say, I'm sorry and repent and try harder. But the feeling didn't fully go away. I just felt guilty. 
That's it, or so I thought. And then it wasn't until grad school I was reading this book by an author named Brene Brown. And all of her books are phenomenal, but the one in particular I was reading was called I Thought It Was Just Me. And the key takeaway that I got from that book, the concept that was so revolutionary to me, was the difference between guilt and shame. Brene Brown describes the difference as guilt is feeling bad about something that you do. Shame is feeling bad about who you are. And so the difference between those is so vast, right? When I made a mistake, I thought I felt guilty because I felt bad. But the reality was I felt bad about who I was. It was a negative belief that was attached to these mistakes, this belief about me of I was flawed, I wasn't good enough, I wasn't worthy, and I thought I was feeling guilt the whole time, but really I was feeling shame because I was taking, I was making my actions and my decisions, all of that felt personal to me. And so when I made a bad decision, I saw myself as a bad person. Instead of it being about the choice that I made, it was about who I was at my core. Are you with me? And so when I realized that I was doing this, I was making everything about me in a bad way, not in an egotistical way, but everything was just personal. If I didn't know the answer to something, that's because I wasn't smart. If I didn't fit in with this group of friends, that beca- that's because I wasn't cool. If I made these mistakes, that because that's because I wasn't good enough. Everything was about me. And as a result, I often felt, like I said, a sense of depression. And now as I look back, knowing exactly what it was, it was this, it was shame. It was shame. And when people feel shame, they feel depressed or they feel anxious. Because how could you not be depressed if you see yourself as unworthy? If you have a core belief about who you are and it's not empowering, how could you not feel depressed? How could you not feel anxious? And I'm not talking like I can't get out of bed depressed. It's just kind of a low, for me anyways, it was this low grade gnawing, like this gnawing in the back of my mind. These kind of like my feelings felt more stifled and blunted. I couldn't really experience joy, almost like this fog. That was my experience of this. And a lot of the people that I work with describe it in similar terms. There's just this sense of like not feeling enough, not feeling good about who they are. And it's painful. And what happens is that people have to cope with that in some way. And for me, I didn't turn to addiction. I turned to perfectionism. I tried to be perfect because in my mind, if I didn't make any mistakes, that's how I would demonstrate or rather experience my worth. For other people, they either turn to perfection or some people turn to pornography or alcohol or food or drugs or video games or sports or it, there is an there is an endless number of things that we do to try to deal with how we feel and when we're turning to some external behavior or substance to regulate how we feel that's how these unhealthy patterns begin and the more you continue down that path and cope with these negative feelings about yourself with some behavior or substance it starts to become unmanageable it starts to form these associations in your brain so that whenever you feel bad, your brain creates this urge or temptation or motivation to seek out the behavior or substance that helped you to feel better last time. So these subconscious associations get formed 
And then whenever you're faced with that situation, the brain just kind of triggers that signal and then prompts you to go back and do whatever you did, even if it wasn't actually good for you. In this, in this case, of course, in this podcast, we're focusing on pornography use or sex and misusing sex and uh, any other type of sexual acting out. This is so often a result of people developing these coping mechanisms to deal with uncomfortable or painful emotions. And so I wanted to share with you a little bit about my story to set the stage for what this episode's all about is how do we break this? How do we actually feel confident about who we are? How can we actually love ourselves and feel like we're good enough and to feel worthy, to feel like we're okay? And so the reason why I wanted to share my story is because I, I've been there. I know what that feels like and it's horrible. And for me, the pressure of being perfect was so uncomfortable and I, it just, it was heavy. And for you, if you're struggling with pornography use, as a result of you trying to cope with how you feel, that's heavy too. Or if you're a spouse of somebody who's in this situation, it's heavy for you too because you're dealing with the pain of a situation that you didn't cause. And maybe these the, the experiences that you've had in your relationship around not feeling good enough or not feeling chosen, being rejected, those often create layers for women that cover their ability or get in the way of their ability to feel confident about who they are and to be able to love themselves as well. So the principle that I want to share with you is that your perception of your worth determines how you feel. Your perception of your worth determines how you feel. So for me, again, if I see myself as not good enough because I make mistakes, then I'm not going to feel very good about who I am. If my worth is dependent on me being perfect or not making any mistakes, I'm going to continually fall short. For other people, their worth hinges on how well they do at school or the recognition that they get at, at, at their job or at their house or among friends or peers. For other people, it's related to their talents. They find their worth in what they do or create or produce. For other people, it's the money that they earn. For other people, it's the number of places that they visit. For other people, it's how they look and they put themselves up on Instagram or Facebook and want to get attention from other people to validate their sense of being enough. So however you currently are defining this, our perception of who we are, I used the word determine earlier, so whether you say determine or heavily influences, it is a big factor in how we feel. And so what I want to share with you in terms of, okay, what do we do about this? How do we actually resolve this and start to feel better about ourselves? So often, being able to love who you are and feel good about who you and feeling good about yourself often just involves stripping away the negative beliefs and layers that have gotten in the way. It's not about becoming some brand new person who then is worthy of love. Rather, it's getting rid of the distortions and the layers and the baggage that get in the way of you feeling worthy of love right now as you are. So how do you figure out these layers? How do you figure out how you're defining yourself? Or, or rather, how are, you, how are you defining where your worth comes from? So this is one of the ways that you can do this. 
This is one of my favorite things when I when I work with people is is in the first session in the program that I have. It's a one-on-one deep dive breakthrough session where we identify exactly what all of this hinges on for you. For a husband who struggles with pornography, it's usually comes down to just one or two, just a couple few things that everything hinges on. And in many cases, it's how we see ourselves. In other cases, it's associations that are formed, even if they say, well, like, I don't really have any of this like underlying trauma, but it's like a, a there's a, a pattern that's developed. It's a, it's a habit that's formed that I can't seem to break. We gotta figure out what exactly that is and what are these layers and things that are getting, getting in the way. So for this particular episode, I wanna narrow that to these beliefs about ourself. So how, so this is the question that I often ask people when I'm working with them to help them understand what it is that they're struggling with. Where does all this hinge? And so when I'm working with people, this is the question that I often ask, or rather this is what I have them consider. This is one of the things. There's any number of things depending on where somebody is. There's lots of different ways to approach this, but one way to approach this is to consider the idea of you being worthy today as you are. So I want you to do this right now. If you can play along with this exercise, I want you to consider the idea, I am worthy of love just the way that I am right now. And when you think about that, what flashes in your mind? What objections come up? It's like whenever I work with people, I'm always looking for the yeah, but yeah, I hear that, but because that's where the work needs to be done. That's where the biggest point of leverage is, is the yeah, but. So when you think about the idea, again, just consider this right now to yourself. I am worthy of love right now, just the way that I am. What feeling comes up for you? What flashes in your mind? Do you have an image maybe of mistakes that you've made or shortcomings or personal weaknesses? It's like, yeah, I hear that, but, and then you think about all the ways that you see yourself as deficient. Does what flash in your mind, does what, is what flashes in your mind the idea of, well, I struggle with pornography. I'm not worthy because I struggle with this. Or if you're a wife, maybe what flashes in your mind is your husband's struggle with this as what gets in the way for you to feel your, your value, your worth, because you've been, you've been so impacted by this in such a negative way. I remember listening to a podcast recently of a very successful person who said no matter what he accomplishes, he was a really he was a very accomplished comedian. He has a podcast, a massive following, uh, makes a lot of money. Like any any of the measures of success that many people uh, many people measure success in in some of those ways, in any of those measurements that a lot of people would use, he has achieved them all. But he said on this episode that he feels he he doesn't feel proud of himself. And the idea of writing on the wall of himself, I'm proud of you, he said it wouldn't even show up. And then the other person who was there in the in the conversation was like, Well, what what do you notice? What what do you what how do you see yourself? He says, I just see myself as not good enough. He said the thought that he often thinks about is I'm ugly. Uh, I'm falling short. I compare myself to other people and I'm not there. And I'm here, sure, but I'm not there. 
So as you consider this, I hope that you've had some little insight. And sometimes it can be a little tricky to try to sort through all of this on your own. But this is what I would encourage you to think through. This is the process that I like to use with people or one of the ways to help them identify this. And it helps to talk through it. That's a part of why, you know, just having a conversation with somebody can help you with this. And so as you reflected on what flashes in your mind when you think I'm worthy just the way that I am, that's where the work is. Those are the layers. Because when you strip away those layers and redefine how you see yourself, redefine where you're getting your worth from, it rips away all of these layers that get in the way of self-love that can actually help you tap into the worth, the worthiness, the, the peace, the confidence that is already there, but all this other stuff acts as a blanket. So we all have sensitivities. And the good news is that really uncovering what those are and then doing the work around that to, to strip that, those layers away, redefine how you see yourself, change these negative beliefs this is truly where freedom comes and it's just so so cool to see this process unfold as i'm working with people as i'm having these conversations helping them identify and then work through and just customize all of what we're talking about to their situation it's it's such an amazing experience to see them in a single session leave feeling so empowered so much better about themselves because they're simply changing how they see themselves. It's a redefinition. It's not a pump up. It's not this like rah, rah, let's get really motivated. You can do this. You're good enough. It's not that because affirmations don't work because if you don't believe them, telling yourself I'm good enough, I'm worthy, I'm, I'm okay. If you don't believe that because how you're defining where your worth comes from is in conflict with the affirmations you're telling yourself, they're not going to stick. They're not going to resonate. So the key is to identify how you're defining this and then to redefine it so you don't need to pump yourself up, but you have a new way of looking at yourself. I want to give you one example so you can see how you can start to apply these principles to your own life. One of my favorite parts about working with people directly is helping them achieve a breakthrough. And this is exactly what we're talking about in this episode is helping you identify where these blocks are that are preventing you from feeling love, feeling your worth, knowing that you're enough. If you're looking to have a breakthrough and you want some help customizing this information to your situation specifically, all you need to do is go to the website stopporn.info and you can learn a bit more information about how we can work together so I can help facilitate this breakthrough for you because so often it's not a need of more information that creates a breakthrough, it's implementation. So if you're looking for some help to implement and customize this material to your situation, instead of you having to do this on your own, then just simply go to stopporn.info. All right, back to the episode. So I want, I want you to think about if your belief, if the thing that flashed in your mind was, well, I yeah, but yeah, I hear you saying that I'm worthy, but I struggle with pornography and I've caused so much damage in my family. I've completely devastated my wife. So I just, I can't be worthy. So this is what I want you to consider. I had a session with somebody about a month ago and he gave me this analogy that was so, so good. And I wanna share this with you as well. 
he said that he thought of he he thought of his life as a pond and that was like his home like his life his circle and he said that because of his pornography use he had contaminated his pond and this was a big problem because his wife drank from the pond his kids drank from the pond and he drank from the pond right it's like his atmosphere so he create he said in his mind this is how he originally thought about this but because we had done this work of of separating yourself from your behaviors again if you think about all these things that flash in your mind your mistakes your shortcomings your struggles how you how you uh react to people all of those like none of those are who you are those are your reactions to situations those are your decisions they're not who you are and so one of the first steps of stripping away these layers is to recognize that truth that those things are not who you are and so this is his analogy is like i i'm i'm this he used to see himself as this toxin he was the toxin that contaminated his pond and he was the problem but as he did this work and as we worked together to help him recognize that it wasn't actually him who was the problem it was his decisions that were causing the problem something opened up in his mind when he started to recognize like what if this wasn't me what if it what if i'm not the toxin while yes he made these decisions right it was him who made these choices but when he started to consider the idea again going back to Brene Brown when she says guilt and shame instead of him see instead of him seeing himself as the toxin that's shame he started to see his decisions as the toxin that contaminated his pond this opened up a path for him to completely change how he saw himself how he felt about himself and it increased his capacity to actually break the chains of pornography that he hadn't been able to do up until this point because he felt so bad about himself just like i said earlier right feeling awful about yourself then prompts or motivates somebody to do something to get out of that pain and he had been conditioned to turn to pornography so the worse he felt about himself right the more he saw himself as the toxin the more he wanted to escape so when he started to recognize that he was simply bringing in a toxin into the pond it was his strategy it was his approach his decisions and i use the word strategy on purpose because when people use pornography they're doing it for a reason it's a strategy that they're using to either in, in most cases to cope with how they feel it's a coping strategy it's not who they are that's one of the reasons i i can't stand when people like for their own sake right it doesn't doesn't affect me but for their own sake i oh, i can't stand it when people describe themselves as an addict i'm an addict when you define yourself in those terms it's so disempowering that person is defining who they are by the negative spiral that they're in they're in a spiral if somebody's struggling with an addiction or a habit they're in a spiral so for them to identify with that is so disempowering because the idea is that if you identify with the label of addict there will be a subconscious ceiling on how much progress you can make and i can't tell you how many guys i've worked with who start when we when we work, we work together their initial idea of themselves is i'm an addict and i work very very hard to be as clear as i can 
to help them see you're, you're not an addict. You might be struggling with an addiction. You might be struggling with a habit. It all kind of depends on the degree to which you struggle, but that's not who you are. That's not in any way minimizing the effect of the behavior. That's not minimizing that something doesn't need to be done now. That's not it at all. Rather, it can empower somebody to make changes in a way that they otherwise wouldn't be able to sustain if there's this subconscious, well, I'm an addict, so at some point I'm going to screw up, so I'm feeling really, really overwhelmed, I'm feeling really, really triggered, it's going to happen anyways because I'm an addict, all right, I'm just going to give in, I'm tired of fighting. That's what happens when people define themselves as an addict. And so, going back to the pond analogy, when he recognized that it wasn't him who was the toxin, it was his strategy. He was then able to get really, really clear about what he was using that strategy for. And then we worked on putting some tools in place so that he had new strategies to help him deal with the reason why he was turned into pornography in the first place. This completely changed his life. Again, no no exaggeration. This was life-changing for him because he had been struggling with this issue for a long, long time. And so as you think about this situation for you, I want you to consider it in the same way. You are not the toxin. If you, make, if, you, if you think to yourself, well, I'm just like the little exercise that I walked you through earlier. If you think about I'm worthy of love just the way I am, whatever flashes in your mind, the principle in all of this is to recognize that those things aren't, whether it's mistakes, shortcomings, struggles, how you look, how people treat you, what you do or don't accomplish, none of that is who you are. And when you recognize that and you separate yourself from your situation, you separate yourself, meaning your identity, your worth, your value from your decisions, man, a whole world opens up to be able to change and grow and feel good about who you are. I want to share with you one more example. So just to really drive this point home. So uh, I'm sure anybody who's listening to this knows who Kobe Bryant is. I remember hearing an interview with him and he had this the, this mindset that I don't know if he knew was, I don't know if he knew how empowering or how significant this was, but when he described it, I recognized it immediately. He said that when he first got drafted to the NBA, he remembers some games where he airballed a shot, multiple shots there would be airballs. And for him, so you have one of two ways of looking at this situation. Number one, you make it about you which is what we're talking about, shame, right? It's, I don't belong here. I'm not good enough. I'm an imposter. I'll never make it in the NBA because I'm not good. I don't deserve to be here. It's some way of defining or rather associating yourself with the situation, which is the most disempowering thing that you can do. The other way to look at it, which is what he did, he looked at it as, something that he can work on and address. It was about the situation. It wasn't about who he was. So in his mind, instead of going to, I don't belong here, which is what I think most people would do, he thought to himself, okay, there's an air ball. Why did this happen? Well, I'm, and then he described in this interview, he said in high school, you only play one game a week. And so in the NBA, you're playing like three or four. So he said that when he got to the NBA, because he came straight from high school, 
when he got to the NBA, he was playing multiple games a week. He noticed how much more exhausting it was for him to play multiple games. He just wasn't used to it. So when he shot the air ball, instead of saying, I don't belong here, he thought to himself, I need to increase my endurance. I need to do more strength training because I'm getting tired much, much faster because I'm playing I'm playing X amount more minutes, however many more minutes uh, a week than I was in high school. So he made it about the situation. It was about his endurance and his training, his conditioning. What does he need to do to compensate for the missed shot? I didn't shoot it far enough, therefore I need to get more strength. So he, like notoriously, this he was a legend for a ruthlessly hard worker. His work ethic was off the charts. And I think a part of the reason that empowered him to do this was recognizing that his worth wasn't at stake. When he shot the ball, he didn't see himself as a failure. If he lost a game, it wasn't because he was a failure. He would go back and think, how do I dial in my approach? What skill do I need to develop? Did I have too many turnovers that game? How do I then increase my ability to handle the ball more effectively? How do I increase my shooting percentage? Nothing was about who he was. It was all about each aspect of his game. So to summarize all this, my encouragement, I want to invite you to think about things in the very same way. It's not about you in a good way. When you're trying to make changes, you don't have to become a worthy person. You're already there. It's about your approach. It's about your decisions. It's about how you respond to things. It's about your strategies. And so if you have conflated your worth with any of what we've talked about today, all these external things, my hope, my genuine hope is that this episode has been helpful to give you another way of looking at this where it's not about you. You're already worthy, even if you're struggling with pornography. If you recognize your shortcomings, if you recognize that you're not perfect, if you make mistakes, none of that means anything about your worth. And so I hope that as I've shared these examples and analogies, it can give you a new way of looking at who you are, which is separate from all of these things. And so when you can start to recognize that all of these external things don't define who you are, they're just a reflection of where you are on the path. The decisions that we make, the actions, our decisions, are a result of our tools and our emotional state at the time. They're not a reflection of you not being enough. And so my my genuine hope is that as you've listened to this, you have a new way of looking at this so you can start to strip away the layers. Whatever those things were that flashed in your mind when you did that little exercise, that's where I would encourage you to begin. And so if what you've listened to today resonates with you and you do feel these objections of like, well, yeah, but this, yeah, but that, or I don't feel worthy because of this, and you want some extra help to work through this so you don't have to do it by yourself, I would love to support you in any way that I can whether it's working directly together or if there's other resources I can point to you. I just, I genuinely want people to be successful in this and I know that it's possible because I've done it for myself and I've seen countless people go through this process and find and experience their worth again 
and it's it's just it's worth doing the work